Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Jessica Larson, and you're listening to Sorry Partner. Hello and welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by bridge partners and friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with Swedish champion Jessica Larsson about strategies for encouraging more people to play. Let's all start to think on a global day of bridge and working in a little sightseeing on the bridge tournament circuit. Plus, she shares her top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, partner. Hi, partner. How are you, Catherine? I'm great, Jocelyn. How are you? I am fine. That was very funny earlier, (laughs) playing with you. First of all, what time was that for you? Yeah, so we had a game. We had a game last night. It was my night. I, it was like three a.m. It was three ten a.m. to be specific, oh because that's a game that we played. Yes, and so it was mid morning for you. Wow. Yes. Well, I I had played uh, already a little robot game, and then I hadn't realized that my browser was still open. Rush. The next thing I know, I'm getting invited to play by you. And I, I mean, I, I thought I was logged off. So I was surprised that I was still even logged on, but I was also invisible. So how the heck did you find me? <laughs> I just thought I'd take a shot. I, I couldn't sleep. And I was sitting in the living room with my laptop, probably not so smart playing bridge. I should just read or something, but I, yeah, you know, and I thought, well, I know somebody who might be on. And so I just sent you an invitation, you know, literally a stab in the dark. And next thing you said, yes, I was so excited. It was so much fun. Of course I said yes, but it was just so funny to hear the little ding and get the invitation. I was like, where is this coming from? It was almost like I had logged. It wasn't, 
but it was almost like I was completely logged off and somebody had reached out and grabbed me <laughs> from my from my computer, which was wonderful. Thank you so much. That made my day. Oh, oh yeah. Well, it was really fun. I loved it. I loved it. But of course, it's created a monster because now whenever I feel like a game, I send you a random <laughs> invitation. <laughs> Hi, everyone. While we have your attention, we did want to ask for your support. As you know, we don't fill the show with advertising, but as a result, we are reliant on listener supporters like yourself. Any amount you can give would be most appreciated. It's quite easy. You just go to our website, sorrypartner.com, click on the support the show tab, and it'll take you to our secure Patreon page. Thanks very much. So, Jocelyn, we've had some letters from our lovely listeners. Would you like me to read you one? Of course. (laughs) The more, the better. Okay. Okay. Well, our first one today is from Phil. Phil says, thanks very much for your podcast. Compulsory listening for me and my bridge addicted family and friends. (laughs) That's wonderful. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Phil. Phil is writing in response to our discussion about certain (laughs) a-holes a few weeks ago. And we were discussing that. I think it was in the second part of our episode with Jeff Mextros. And he writes, My wife and I are restricted players and at our last two congresses, when that's tournaments in Australia, we have had the misfortune of having to deal with experienced players and their truly disgusting behaviour. That doesn't sound good. When will these people realise that you need opponents to play the game? (laughs) We were close to bottom seed in a team's event and we faced a top team who'd had a very bad start. Their disdain at travelling to such a low-numbered table was palpable. Their demeanour and table presence was, get us out of here. (laughs) When my wife accurately described one of my bids, she was subsequently badgered to tears when it emerged that I had a hand different than expected. Mm, Great. Not so great. After director calls and further abuse, I considered forfeiting. If it had been pairs, I would have. No apology, just further ridicule. My wife did excel, however, with sorry that you're doing so badly that you have to play against us. (laughs) Good one. That was fabulous. Through her tears, she came out with a really good one. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just that's really awful. And I wonder what that director even thought having to be in that position with those people. I mean, I know, I know it's a tough spot for directors, isn't it? Because they're there for the rulings. They shouldn't have to be negotiating all the baggage that comes with the rulings, but of course <laughs> they do. They absolutely, they absolutely do. I was playing a tournament just yesterday and it was very early in the session and somebody called director and the director was quite close to me. I heard her mumble under her breath already (laughs) (laughs) and that i i got a giggle because i was just you know she just knows she's gonna go and it's not just going to be some very simple matter of fact thing there's gonna be like emotions and Mm. she knows she has to 
be prepared for it to not be maybe the most simple question that she can answer and then move on. There might be like weirdness, emotional turmoil and hurt feelings and all kinds of stuff that it must get really tiresome. Absolutely. Because of course, people are calling in the heat of the moment. So they haven't had time to process actually what their question is. So it's all coming out their feelings about it, their sense of injustice, their outrage, plus the actual bridge question. So these people are really in the hot seat, having to take a a lot of heat. It must be a tough job. Yeah, I think so. And our next letter is from Tom, and this is also on the theme of the Jeff Mextroth episodes. He's commenting on how Mextroth said that when he comes to the table, even at the local club, that he plays to win. And Tom writes, I played for many years at the same club as Mextroth and my finest hour was coming in second ahead of Jeff and Sally in a club game. I took a picture of the results for posterity. He's a wonderful representative of the bridge community. Yeah. Yes, very nice, Tom, yes. But it must have been wonderful to be able to play with him in that way and and to do so well. Good job. Yeah. And our final letter today comes from our friend Jim, who's written to us before. He says, I was majorly annoyed with my partner today after he raised my three heart preempt to four in an instance where he clearly should not have. We went one off and three hearts was making, which would have been a 94% game if he'd just passed. Ah. Nevertheless, with Chris Compton's voice ringing in my ear, I started humming, here comes the sun to myself. Oh. Kept my head in the game and we went on to do just fine in the rest of the game. That's why I say your podcast makes me a better bridge player, Jim. Oh, that's great. And I love that song. And I am going to remember to use that particular song to sing to myself when I'm getting very frustrated at the table. So if you have any fun stories about insomnia playing bridge in the middle of the night, or annoying opponents, or really any fun story about bridge, please send them to us at sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram, or you can send us a voice message. And all of these links are in the show notes and on the website at sorrypartner.com, along with some other good stuff. And we'd love to hear from you. Coming up next, our interview with Jessica Larson. Swedish champion Jessica Larsson first represented her country in the schools event at the 1998 European Youth Team Championship. She has since collected silver medals on the women's team at the 2018 and 2022 World Bridge Series, silver in the women's at the 2010, 2018, and 2022 European Championships, silver in the mixed teams at the 2022 World Bridge Series, and she is a two-time world champion with victories at the 2019 and 2022 Venice Cup. We began by asking how she learned to play. I learned bridge at the kitchen table like many others at my family's home. And my brother played, and he's a little bit older than me, so anything he did, I wanted to do. Yeah, I can't believe he actually survived his childhood because, you know, I was always there five years younger and just in his back all the time. So, <laughs> yes. 
Unfortunately, he doesn't play anymore, but I stick to it. So your brother played, and did, did he teach you to play? Yeah, absolutely. And my father as well. A lot of other people from the community, of course. Um, after a while, we begged our father to take us to a bridge club. And it was great. And, and very, like, we loved card games and we loved games. So, of course, you, you will love bridge. You just need to get people in, in the door, I think. What was it like the first time you did get to go to a club? Oh, I, I can only remember. How old were you? I think I was 14 or something. But it was very exciting because my father was there and my brother was there. And, and they had been already a couple of times in the club because my father stopped for a couple of years and then he, he picked it up again. And yeah, it was a big thing that they took me to the club as well. And I, because that meant a little bit like I was good enough to try a club game. I, I finished last, I guess, for six months, maybe a year or something, but I still got to, to start to play. Were there other teenagers at the club? Uh, no. <laughs> but we were a couple of people in my brother's age, so they were closing in on 20. So at least we were a couple of people, not, not too many, but we were a group of people that I hanged out with for a couple of years, and that was very important, of course. And we drove a lot of miles to other bridge clubs to meet the other people in our age group. I think that's very important when you start playing bridges and as a young person that you also need to, to play with other young people. Do you still keep in touch with any of the people that you met when you started to play? Not so much, unfortunately, because I moved around a lot in my life. First, I moved to Stockholm, which is 400 kilometers from the city I was born in. And then I, I lived overseas twice, and now I live in Norway. So, no, not so much. What do you most love about Bridge? Well, I mean, the game itself is about pattern recognition and a little bit of strategy and a little bit of psychology. And I love those parts because I just love games. And I think I always love to compete as well. I wanted to compete. That's also why I love coming to the Bridge Club. And I, I remember the first win I had at the bridge club. I was immensely proud, like probably not, not a good winner, so to say. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and the other part is, of course, the social part. I think that's even more important for other people. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit of an introvert, but I mean, it's still like an extra family. You, you, you meet people and there's always a bridge club. You can play bridge all over the world or, or at the internet if you want and, yeah, it's special. I'm curious, though, because a lot of games are about pattern recognition and competition. What is it, do you think, about Bridge especially? Yeah, I asked myself that, like, why do I keep getting back to this? Because I actually quit twice. But I think there's two things in life that it always seems to come back to. It's Bridge and it's academia. I have a lot of years in university. So I think it's about learning you feel that you have never learned the game completely. And you come back to it and you learn more and you learn more and you just... And maybe also because I think it's difficult. <laughs> maybe that says more about me than the actual game, but but okay, I, I think it's difficult. And I always think that there's so much more that I can learn and that I can improve and it. Yeah, which is wonderful that way. Can you tell us more about the times that you decided to, to start playing? 
Yeah, so I quit twice and both of the times I actually went to uni, uh, surprisingly, because it's just so difficult doing something 100% and also playing bridge. I think that's generally the truth of it because I don't want to play bridge just for fun. I want to play bridge and be at my best. And then I can't do anything else for like 100% or 110%. Mm-hmm. It's just too difficult. So did you actually quit or did you just choose to do something else? Right? You actually, Jessica's nodding, you actually mm-hmm. quit. Yeah, I quit. I, 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 I quit, uh, not, not for long. I think the first time for like six months, then I like couldn't stay away anymore. And the other time I quit and then I thought, now I'm really quitting. And then after one and a half year, like, okay, yeah, I'm back in the bridge club. <laughs> do you remember why? Um, I think it just, you know, uh, you ha- you also have a lot of friends, of course. You have a big community in Bridge and you kind of miss it after a while. Like, okay, I still love what I'm doing. I, I, love, the, I love the education that I got at that time, but I also missed it. I, 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 I miss holding the cards and I, I miss being around people who also love the strange game and want to talk king queen fourth with you and no one else <laughs> yeah, understand what you're doing and it's just like yeah i miss it i miss it i miss it so yeah i went back while you were not playing bridge were you still seeing any friends from your bridge circle socially no no no, because then I I put all my effort being like the best student in certain. So then I only met students, basically. But I kept in touch a little bit on social media and stuff like that, but not much. Thinking about a couple of regular partners, what would they say they most love about playing with you? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Um I hope that Catherine, maybe who I played maybe the most with, uh, would say that I, I always want us to evolve as a partnership. I always want us to do better, and I can sit and discuss it forever. You know, like okay, yeah, but maybe if we do this, or maybe if we beat two clubs, two diamonds here, maybe you know we can solve this problem for the next time, and maybe we can change something in the system here or sorry, maybe if I put the eight of diamonds, you know, you could shift your heart or, you know, I always, always want to improve. And what's Catherine's last name? Beto. Catherine Beto. Yes. And what would Catherine say maybe is an area of your game that she wouldn't mind if you worked on a little harder? My temper. <laughs> That's an easy one. <laughs> Uh, that that would also be uh, I I can easily say it myself so I heard the interview you had with Joe Gu and he said something around like the only time maybe I gel that partner it's when I've done something wrong myself yeah yeah I I can recognize myself in that yeah if I'm I'm disappointed in the board or something like there's always something in that yeah but I also could have helped or it was just completely my fault, you know, but yeah. Is there anything in particular that you do to try and work on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think today I'm much better. I'm a much calmer partner than I used to be. I try to meditate actually to be a more focused partner. I also try not to, to look so much when partner is playing. For a double reason, just to preserve energy, but also like 
don't don't focus on partner's game. She's she or he is doing it the best they can. Of course, unless you're playing with a client, then it's different. then they're doing the best that they can they're just not doing it very well no they're doing absolutely the best they can but maybe they want the feedback directly yes of course so you you can give good feedback because that's very important i think yeah i guess we all work on things we have at the table regardless of what it is ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Jessica, do you have a favorite tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say like the World Championship and the European Championship and stuff like that, and the Nationals, of course. But I was thinking a little bit about that question, and we have something in the Nordic countries. We have a, a championship that is just for the Nordic countries, uh, Open and, and the women's teams, and we get to travel to Sweden and uh, to Norway and to Denmark and to Finland and to Iceland and to the Faroe Islands. And this is a place you would never visit. It's an island with 50,000 people on it. And it's completely beautiful. And there's no reason why you probably wouldn't visit there unless you're in this tournament. I've actually been there three times and it's just so beautiful. The landscape is mainly untouched and it's amazing. And I, I think that's the amazing thing about Bridge as well. You you get to travel in, in places where you maybe never would have visited otherwise. It sounds like you do make an effort to try and have a little bit of a look at the place that you're visiting, unlike some people who claim to never leave the hotel. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that happens to me as well for many, many tournaments. Unfortunately, I would say, because yes, and I do it more frequently now. I really, really try to do at least something, even if it's like the most tourist thing ever like okay yeah i'm going to see this aquarium for you know it's the largest one in the world and i will do this and nothing else like okay but in the nordic championship we actually put it on the schedule to have a half day where we show the the nature or the the history of the place that we are playing so i i I love that tournament for for that reason 
What's the most unusual place where you've played? Um, we have this kind of um, the day of bridge or something. It's something that we do in different countries, and then you, you play bridge in schools and other things. That's one thing. But standing up a table in the middle of the street or, you know, a, shop, a shopping mall or something and, and talking to people when they come and talk about bridge. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that a couple of times. So that's a little bit weird, but I but I think it's good. I think it's every every way we we get bridge to to show is just. But can you tell us about that? Were you did you play bridge in a shopping mall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We set up a table because we talk to the owners and stuff like that. And it's it's a thing we have in Sweden. I know they have it in Norway as well. I think they have in many countries. We like to have one day. It's like in September or something every year, and we call it the, the day of bridge. And we try to do events in a city or something like that. And yeah, we put up a table at a shopping mall, or I think once it was in the middle of the street where I, where I'm from. And uh, people come by and they see us play bridge, and we talk to them. And you know, maybe you should try a bridge course. And you know, we, we, we love it if you sit down and we can tell you a little bit about the game. And yeah, did you attract a crowd of kibitzers? While you were playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And did any of them follow up with you afterwards? I think a couple of them follow up. I wasn't in charge. I was pretty young when I did this stuff. So someone else was actually, if they then came to the bridge and someone else was teaching them bridge. Yeah. Is there a hot button issue in bridge that you're particularly passionate about? Yeah, it's probably the marketing. And I also think we need to evolve because we are an endangered species. And <laughs> we, we, we can't keep in the basement. We need, we need to do new stuff. Uh, we need to be online. We need to have a very strong online presence. I think that. I think we can find people there. But I also think if we're going to reach out to new people, I think we need to simplify the game. You heard of Nuni Bridge? This version of bridge when you take away the bidding. I think we should do more stuff like that. Just so people have a very low threshold to actually start playing bridge. Because it's so easy to understand how chess works or how Texas Hold'em works. It takes you like five minutes to, to explain that to a kid. But explaining the bridge, not so easy. Would you start it in schools or what would be some of your ideas about how to implement that kind of learning? Yeah, I mean, they, they started schools here in Norway. They were a lot in the school project. They have had quite a lot of success. And more and more European countries are trying, of course, to get a place in the schools. Yeah, schools are one thing. Internet is another. Gaming communities, people who love games, people who love board games or chess or poker or whatever. They will love our game. We know that already. We know it. You have to get you in the door and then start playing. I guess it would depend on people volunteering to teach and maybe we need to get some kind of movement going where passionate bridge players around the world are willing to get behind this kind of initiative. Yeah, because many of the very successful initiatives have, of course, been from people who have done it voluntarily. I think we all need to volunteer our time even if you feel maybe, okay, I can't teach, I can't do that, I don't want to be like the outspoken person, that maybe you can contribute in some other way. Like you can talk to the 
person locally that works in your club that do this kind of stuff. And maybe you can just be a mentor online a couple of hours per week or something. Everyone can do a little bit and everyone should. What's the funniest thing that's happened when you were playing bridge? I think my partners and our opponents are more fun than me. I, I was thinking about this incident that happened when I was a junior with Perola Kalin. He's a Swedish player in the open team. Very, very nice guy. And we were juniors at the same time. We're actually the same age, I think. So it was almost yesterday. <laughs> and um, for some reason, me and my partner bid ourselves to six diamonds, I think. We were off two aces. So Perola's partner doubled. And for some reason that I don't know, I beat six no jump. Maybe because I thought I was a better declarer. I don't know. And he doubled that as well. And they had been in competition in the in the bidding. So if he just played from the eighth, fifth or something in, in their suit, I will go like three or four. But for some reason he 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 chooses to to lead the the third suit. And then I played towards Dummy's lung suit, diamonds, that is, he had ace of diamonds. So he takes that and then he continues with the suit that he led and he let me make this contract for some reason. And now you would think that the junior, like Perola, with all his adrenaline, would, you know, start screaming or something. But he doesn't. <laughs> because there's like a blackboard or something behind us when we're playing. So he writes up his partner's cards and then he writes up the bidding. So all the juniors in the events can see. And then he says, lead problem against six note trump doubles. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> that's cute yeah it was cute it was, and it was one of those stories like okay yeah most people would just start screaming but he did, he did something else he was creative i think if you could have anyone on your team living someone from before who would you have yeah considering what we talked about Earlier, I, I think I would love a game with my brother and my father back at the table. I would, I would love that. And um, I was reading one of David Bird's new books about the abbot again. So uh, I, I think I would like to have the abbot on my team as well. Because just, <laughs> he's such a grumpy old man. Like who, 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 who wouldn't like to have him? Yeah, that would be a good team, I think. I love that. A fictional character too. Yeah. Do you have a motto or catchphrase that you tell yourself when you're playing bridge or preparing for a tournament? Sure. You either win or you learn. And unfortunately, you're going to learn a lot more than you win. But yeah, to keep going. And failing is just a part of your next win. So you keep doing it. And you always learn something, even when you feel like, oh, I was an idiot there. I'm so sorry, partner. But yeah. And I think also I, I've been a little bit better of being nice to yourself when you're in a learning phase. It's important. What's the closest you've come to having a perfect round or a perfect game? Um, I think the whole team played quite well in, in Wuhan when we played against the Americans in the quarterfinal. I think we didn't make that many mistakes. Then. I think we were very proud over that win. And I think that when we won that game, I thought, now we're going to win everything. 
So that was a confident thing. Yeah. But we made plenty of mistakes there as well, of course. But I, I think we played well. Okay. Something that I'm, I'm proud of. What's the most important thing to learn about defense? Well, you need, need to visualize the courts, of course. But I think maybe in the defense, you always have to remember the bidding and also always remember what didn't happen in the bidding. Never forget what didn't happen in the bidding. Or if someone hesitated in the bidding and wanted to bid something, maybe they wanted to raise partner or didn't want to raise partner. Maybe it was an easy pass for them. Because you always have a lot of clues lying around when you're actually playing. And of course, you need to trust partner always. Partner has an idea of the defense and they will try to give you as many clues as possible. That doesn't mean that you always should lead back what partner is pointing for a suit. Just because partner says, I have something in this suit, doesn't necessarily mean that you're directly going to play that suit back when you come in. But partner is trying to tell you something to take all those clues with you. Do you have a system for yourself to remember the auction and to go through systematically what was bid and what wasn't bid and then how you infer from that? Yeah, I think I, I see it more visually. So I think I actually see the bidding. I, I like I see the bidding cards in my head. Okay, if it was one heart, one spade, one no, rather than having an acronym or something like that. Usually. But in terms of what's not bid and what to do with that information, yeah. how do you keep track of all of that? Yeah, I, but I think it's lying there like little bubbles in my head, like in a cartoon or something. Mm, one heart, hesitation, two spades. Okay, maybe. No. Yeah, so I, I think I kind of visualize it a little bit. Do you have a favorite convention or gadget that you really love? Yeah, but maybe the Norwegians wants me to move if I, if I say it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, no, but I I like Gazzini, but they don't use it so much in Norway. But in Sweden, it's a very common ground. And it took some while for me to have a version of Gazzini that I really like. And uh, a little bit, when I really got there, I moved to Norway. And here no one's played it. Are there any conventions that you really dislike? So many. No. Oh, so many. <laughs> okay, which is the worst one? I don't know. I, I really think that Slannery has uh, is outdated, uh, but I can play it if I have to. People play a lot of conventions, and sometimes when you ask them about maybe the flaws in the convention, because there's always a flaw. You, you choose a convention and then you can't do this and that. Instead, if you choose another convention, maybe you can do this and that. But sometimes when you ask people when they play, okay, so what do you do with this song? They never thought about it. It's like, oh yeah, I play this convention because, you know, someone I respect or something played this convention. Which is fine. I do like working with the system. It's fun, but you shouldn't play too many conventions if you're not playing very, very much together, I think. What's the best bridge tip or advice that you've ever been given or that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, so I think if you're a little bit like me and uh, beating yourself up and um, if you make a mistake at the bridge table, 
something that I start doing when I play a championship is I actually ask my partner to score. I never score anymore. She scores or he scores. And the reason for that is when, when I come out and compare, I'm in a good mood usually because I have a selective memory now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just tend not to, you know, remember the bad stuff. That I, I, I tend to like focus definitely on the good things. So when I come out and compare, like, okay, yeah, okay, is that three horse? That, that went pretty well. It was like, maybe I actually had a bad score. But if you're like me and you beat yourself up, then ask your partner to score. It will be easier for you. If you're like the person that that isn't a problem for you, well, then great. Then score for your partner. I think that's maybe a good thing for your partnership. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's been terrific. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Jocelyn. Your girls are great. Keep up the good work and spread the word about Bridge. We all need it. Thank you. And that's the show. Many thanks to our guest, Jessica Larson. Thank you also to our listener supporters who make the show possible. And a special shout out to friend of the show, Larry Cohen. Sorry Partner is produced by Catherine Harris with production assistance from Paul Chirasso and Jade Gray. Our theme music was composed by Jocelyn Starts and produced by Daniel Graboy. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or at sorrypartnerpodcast on Instagram or send us a voice message. And please consider supporting the show, which gets you a special insider's newsletter. These links and a link to our discount offers and merch store are under the episode description in your app on the website at sorrypartner.com or wherever you like to listen. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as Jessica says, if you're a glass half empty person, have your partner do the scoring or score for them if you tend to see the glass half full. It will be a good thing for your partnership. (laughs) Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.